Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Update. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday. Thank God it's Friday, the 2nd of July. And as usual, with all the information contained in this update, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this broadcast. And if you need to, you can always pause the PowerPoint slides here and read our disclaimer in full. Or if you're listening on a podcast, head on over to our website and you can read the disclaimer there. All right, well, records once again in the US as the Dow Jones closed up 131 points, 0.38%, a good day for the Dow. And uh, 34,634 is the number on the door there. NASDAQ up 0.13%, so underperforming. But bear in mind that the Dow uh, was a little bit soggier the other day when the NASDAQ and the S&P were performing. We saw NASDAQ up 18 points, 14,522. And the S&P 500 outperforming them both. No middle for diddle today. Rocketing ahead, up 0.52%. 22 points to 43.20, and as you would expect in these uh, certain times of certain price rises, fixed index fall another 2.2% to 15.48. SPY futures showing a gain of 25.7205, so 0.35% gain for our SPY today on the cards in Hopefully anyway, but yesterday we were a little bit soggy, and the day before we were a little bit soggy as well, considering we were up around 60-odd points before closing at 11, and yesterday closing down 47 points. So not a particularly great start to the year, but we should be back uh, at least in positive territory today. But of course, that will depend a lot on case numbers coming out of Auntie Glad at uh, 11 o'clock for Sydney in terms of the lockdown. Interestingly, on Sportsbet, while roaming around last night for looking for uh, European soccer odds, uh, I came across the fact that you could bet on Gladys Berejiklian's jacket colour for her 11 o'clock press briefings. Seen it all now. Okay, on commodity front, uh, we had Brent crude up 1.6%, $1.22, WTI up 2.4%, one76 $1.76, $1.76, $75.23. Some certainly going for an $80 oil price, not that far away now. And certainly uh, there is one broker or investment bank out there that is predicting $100 oil at the moment. So um, that is uh, pretty bullish. The OPEC Plus meeting was relatively good for oil and oil stocks, uh, with supply being dribbled into the market rather than uh, a swamping. So that is good for oil. We also saw the gold price up $5.20 last night, 17.76, uh, spot 80.3 of a percent and the iron ore price $218.80 up 40 cents, 0.18 of a percent. In other commodities, we saw copper down 1%, nickel down 0.7, aluminium down 0.6, zinc down 1.6, lead down 0.3. Tin, though, the only stock that uh, showed any decent form last night, up around 0.77 of a percent. Aussie dollar, 74.66. It wasn't that long ago. The currency experts were predicting 80 cents for the Aussie as it was banging on the door of 78, and 80 cents looked very doable. Now 74 cents looks imminently more doable. 
As far as the S&P 500 goes, there you can see the, the, uh, the gradual climb throughout the day. Summertime and the living is easy for the US ahead of the big jobs number tonight. And then they have a three-day weekend with a bank holiday or whatever they call it on Monday, public holiday on Monday for Independence Day, July 4th on Sunday. Major stories coming out of the US. The S&P posted its second best first half since the dot-com bubble fifth straight quarterly gain and the US equity has seen their biggest inflow since 2015. Uh, the GOP senators rallying against Biden's infrastructure deal plan for 40 billion infusion uh, to help IRS collect 100 billion more in taxes. Well there's a surprise. Um, Dallas Fed's Kaplan says he hopes tapering will start soon and PMI private data from China reinforces the slow growth theme. I guess the biggest news coming out of China yesterday was President Xi's speech and his commitment to basically taking back Taiwan and also threatening anybody that uh, goes against him with that steel wall from China. South Korean exports surge on chips and auto shipments and global property prices are rising at their fastest rate since before the financial crisis. Anybody see alarm bells there? Probably not. Uh, Delta variant now the most common COVID strain in the US and the global M&A activity broke records for the second consecutive quarter this year with private equity breaking a 40-year record with $500 billion worth of deals booked in the first half. Here today, I was going to say gone tomorrow, but here today we have housing finance for May in New Zealand. Uh, June ANZ Consumer Confidence, another very important number, that. And US June Jobs Report tonight, which is actually a very important number. Uh, the global tax floor agreement gathers pace. Uh, looks like accountants and lawyers will be pretty happy with that. It will come down to the carve-outs. There does seem to be plenty of carve-outs, but it does look as if 130 countries are heading the way of having some sort of global tax floor in place. In the US, we saw BHP down 0.6, Rio down 1.4%, and Chinese steel futures rose for the seventh straight session. There's still some concerns about supply, and Brazil clearly uh, the swing factor in that supply, and we are seeing uh, some, uh, some moves against the president there, which will maybe unstabilize things slightly. Uh, Ten-year yields in the, in the U.S., 1.46%. In Australia, 1.51%. Germany still minus 0.2%. And the CSL boss has calls for clarity and calm on AstraZeneca. Helios also potentially selling its day surgery business and Lee Creek in the papers today. They made a big step yesterday with a $2.6 billion funding package. Well, potentially a funding package. It comprises a letter of support from a major South Korean bank for debt financing for their Urea project, a carbon neutral or zero project in South Australia. Urea prices hitting highs at the moment. Urea is an important component in fertilizer. Next Gen begins trading today. It's a compliance listing. NXG is the code for that one, uranium and gold. And Digital MP, which had a big holding in Megaport, has almost completely sold out last night. Working on a deal was Citibank. 
uh, $34 million worth of stock there. Question of the day yesterday comes on the back of the PEXA float yesterday. Almost passed without incident. I didn't even notice it until I spotted it in the Fin Review. Uh, such was my level of interest in this one. It did uh, drop 4% as the platform at one stage uh, had an outage. Not a great look on your first day of ASX trade. It did recover to close up $0.02 cents on its initial price from the IPO. So was that a disappointment or did you think it would not be one of the greatest floats of all time? Uh, So interested to hear your thoughts because we have had some pretty interesting floats. There was one yesterday that was up 80%. Admittedly, it was only a $20 million um, Australian rare metals company. But uh, PEXA certainly, I think, did disappoint some. So I'd love to hear your thoughts and views on that one. Thanks very much for listening. Head on over to the Facebook discussion group. Love to have your thoughts, ideas, and insights over there. It is a great group, I've got to say. Uh, Members helping members is the motto there, and they certainly do. And some great money-making ideas over there from fellow members and a little bit of uh, input from ourselves as well. We've got Ask the Analyst tonight at 5 p.m. Your chance to ask questions. Uh, got plenty of people uh, certainly registered and plenty of stocks been requested for me to have a look at. Unfortunately, it's going to be hard to look at all of them in any great detail, but I'll give it a go at least on five or six and maybe a little less detail on some of the other ones. So see you at five o'clock tonight and have a great day in the meantime.